so good to see you today. We just welcome all those that have joined us live on Facebook. We just welcome you today and those that are listening on uh, 100.5 WAFC here in the local area. We just welcome you guys as well today. Can we just give all those folks that are first-time guests and all those that are listening a great big God bless you this morning? Amen. Amen. Just, just to let you know, uh, we're still working on some things here uh, on our property. You probably noticed it by now, but we've got... Uh, We've got cameras all over our property, and so we, our, our usher team and our security teams are working really hard just watching over things outside. Every ounce of our property now is covered with cameras. Uh, uh, thanks to Chris and Airlink, we, we've got air purifiers running all throughout the building. we still got a little bit more to do in here. We've got air purifiers, rain halo systems that are working, purification systems, just so that we kill every virus that you can't see. And we just, uh, we can cast devils out, but we got to kill a virus. So, so we got all those things working. And so we're just doing our best to take care of the people that we believe in the most. Amen. So uh, just, uh, we just want to let you know that, that our hearts are always for you. Because we want the best possible environment for you to be safe in. So all these things are working for all of our advantages. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I believe I got a word from the Lord this morning, and uh, just been working on some things that uh, even uh, early early this morning, I felt like God was speaking some things directly to me. And uh, just let me just maybe put a, a, a little bit of a qualification on it before we get started today. Um, most of you know me pretty well by now that are ongoing part of this house. I'm not trying to preach to please anybody. That, that's never my intention. And so I... The, uh, the mandate that I feel as, as a pastor, obviously, I mean, I just gave you some things that we do pastorally just to take care of people on a, on a natural side. But, but when, when you're living in a nation where the climate has been vexed by evil spirits, the last thing the church need to do is just sing a bunch of kumbaya songs and burn incense and light candles and there's got to be a people that rise up in the middle of all that and say the devil is a lie and our God is king. And so we're just part of my preaching, as you know very well, this year, it's, it's really been very directed. It's been very, um, very pinpointed to attack the spirits of our day. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but, but man, we are living in some real 21st century devil activity. I mean, this is, I mean, the, the, these devils are for real. What used to be hidden and then you really had to hunt for it, things that used to, just things that we never had to deal with. Even when I had, when I was growing up, just things that I never had to deal with. The, now we got children, four and five years old, that are dealing with stuff that, that we're just now, it's just it's coming to light. In other words, there's no hidden agenda on the, on the devil's side. Everything is out in the open. And so, so I just feel like this, my nature, the prophetic side of me, and I'm not always prophetic, I realize that, but the prophetic side, part of the apostolic side in me is just to say back to the devil, if you're going to swing, we're going to swing back. Don't wait on an amen right there. If, uh, if, 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 if you're going to come out uh, against this generation, I can't speak for any other generation. I wasn't alive then. But if you're going to come out in this generation, if you're going to attack the generation that I'm a part of, if you're going to attack the generation that we are called to help give stewardship to, 
you must be out of your mind if you think we're going to lay back and just take it on the cheek. Amen. So, so we're preaching really hard. I know I am. I know I'm preaching really hard. And, and, and when you preach things like that, and I know I have probably offended a lot of people um, this year, last year, the year before that, however long I've been preaching, I probably have offended a lot of people. <laughs> and, but you know what? I ain't lost one ounce of sleep over it. <laughs> And I don't mean that in a braggadocious way at all, but I, I just, I, I don't believe that I've ever, in, in, in 20 plus years of preaching behind this pulpit, I've never come up here without a message that I didn't feel was from God. And so I, I don't have the, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to try to defend the gospel, the gospel will defend itself. So I, well, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is, uh, if you get offended really easy, you might have, you might want to reevaluate what you're tracking with. Because, because the, the, the Word of God is what we live by, not by people's opinions. We live by the Word of God, not by what our culture tells us to do. Now, I'm, I'm going to push on a little bit harder. We live by the Word of God, not by our ethnicity. We live by the Word of God, not based on our party affiliation. Amen. We live by the Word of God, and the Word of God comes to help disciple, train, equip, and to cut. <laughs> but that's never my intention, but I, you can't help but preach the gospel. Jesus was not crucified because he was safe. He was crucified because he went against the systems that were trying to create havoc in his day. And because he was crucified, he rose again on the third day. And now we have the same victory. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in us. Amen? So we're just going to preach a little bit today. Is that all right? All right. Jump up on your feet and grab your Bibles if you can or if you would. And let's go to, uh, I want to go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel. This, uh, I, I'm, I started what I would think would be a series, maybe, it, it might end today, I don't know, but I started what I thought would be a series last week, and then I was in a vein, a particular vein, moving somewhere, and I'm going to try to stay as close to that vein as I can, but, but uh, probably, I don't know, maybe on Friday evening, Saturday morning, God put this particular verse in my heart, and I just want to kind of roll with it here and uh, see what God says to us in the midst of it. Ezekiel chapter 22, Ezekiel chapter 22, are you there? I love to hear the pages of Bibles rustling, that just feels, that feels so heavenly to me, it just feels like, you know, you know, it's just, it feels like you got some mature people when you hear pages, <laughs> when you hear the pages, I, I just, see, I just offended somebody, I'm sorry, I know you got your phone. And it don't matter to me. However you get it, get it. Ezekiel 22, verse number 23. Let me start there. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. And there is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured lives, and they have taken treasure and precious things. 
and they have made widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the profane. And they have, taught the, they, they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they hid their eyes or they hide their eyes from my Sabbath and I am profaned among them. Her princess within her, her princess would be like the governors or those who are in authority. The, we could even push it into politicians. Her princes within her are like wolves tearing the prey or shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets had smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them. Thus saith the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. People of the land have practiced oppression and have committed robbery, and they have wronged the poor and the needy and have oppressed the sojourner without justice. Verse number 30, he said, I search for a man or a woman, mankind, among them that will build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. Notice that God was looking for somebody to get into the gap on behalf of the land. God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap between heaven and earth for the sake of the land. In this particular passage, Jerusalem, where they were prophesying and dealing with Jerusalem at this particular time in its history, had become known as a bloody city. And there was so much sin in the city. And there was so much social injustices and idolatry that was going on in the land. And God said, I'm looking for somebody that would stand in the gap. I'm looking for some righteous people that know how to stand in the gap and push the will of God into the climate and into the atmosphere of the earth so that the land would not be destroyed. Somebody say, stand in the gap. All right, now let me just go to one more passage of Scripture here. It's, it's a very familiar passage. We, we've used this a lot. In fact, I think it's becoming almost like a theme in our nation uh, in this particular time that our nation is in. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14 says, And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn notice he's talking to the church now and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land I believe God wants to put a healing in our land I believe God wants to put some healing in our territory. Verse number 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive. This is God speaking to the prayer that's offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may, may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. We've been talking about, started last week, 
take the territory. I want to put a subtitle to this this morning. If you get in the gap, God will turn it. If God can find some people to get in the gap, he'll turn it. And I believe our land can be healed. I believe our land can be restored. Hallelujah. Come on, high five about three people and tell them we need some gap fillers. We need some people to get in a gap. Come on, I don't, I don't believe you're going to have, I believe you got to do it a little bit more aggressively than that. Walk around and find somebody and push on them real good. Shake them real good and tell them we need somebody to get in the gap. We need somebody to get up in the gap so that God can heal the land. If we'll get in the gap, God will turn it. God will turn it. I'm telling you, God will turn things around in your life. God will turn things around in this land. Amen? Father, we this morning, we thank you and we give you praise and glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence and for your mighty outpouring that we've already sensed this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in the next few moments. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher. You're the revelator, communicator. Lord, you're the, you're the one who, who makes the word come alive. So, Father, I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would let the word of God come alive on the inside of us. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. As I, as I look around and begin to observe the condition and even take the inventory of what I'm looking at, in the condition of our society and see the progression of its depravity, it's easy to see that we're living in a generation that has been seduced and deceived by evil spirits, both locally and globally. We're living in an age of deception. Uh, the church in general has to be careful in this particular season, this particular time frame of this generation that we're living in, the church has to be careful that we don't pretend like everything is okay. Because it's not. Nor should we close our eyes and ignore things and think that things are going to be okay. That somehow something will turn out for the good because it won't. We can't ignore it. Got one amen right there. The church can't ignore what's going on. In order to see some things turn, in order to see the power of God manifested, there has to be an emerging of God's people that know how to leverage their faith against every prevailing power that's causing the influence of our society in a negative way. I've always believed and have preached it strongly from here that I believe that the church is the conscience of society. And when the church is no longer present, when the church is no longer visible, then society is taken over by evil spirits and they begin to turn what God loves and what God wants to bless into a mess. So the church can't be silent. <laughs> The church, the church cannot just stick its hole in the sand and act like, well, one day it's all going to be okay because God is in control. Ladies and gentlemen, if God was in control, the earth would not look like it is right now. It's not that God can't be in control, but the sovereignty of God has given power to his people. Amen. 
So there's something that needs to be said. I'm going to just work this out just for a moment and then try to get to where we need to go with the short time to get there. There's something that needs to be said and taught in our day that no matter how tough things seem to get, you need to know that God has always been able to deliver his people in tough times and in tough places and turn some things around for his glory. In fact, if you were to study every major revival since the dawn of mankind, every major revival did not start when everything was at its best. Every major revival started when everything was at its lowest. When the depravity of man had come to the extent of himself and moral decay was running rampant throughout the nations of the earth, that's when God would begin to step in because it's only then when things begin to go south really fast that the church begins to come alive. And when the church begins to come alive, God don't work through any other operating system but then his church. And when the church began to come alive, revival began to come into the land. I'm telling you, the outpouring of God began to move into the land. It didn't move into the land because of good government or bad government. It moved in the land because the church began to humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. And God said, I heard you. I heard you from my throne room, and now I'm going to heal your land. Come on, push on somebody one time and tell them we got to get in the gap. You got to get in the gap. You got to get in the gap. And my, my thing is this, my, my thing, because I believe, I, I, I know everybody's got their opinion about, uh, of America. I've traveled enough throughout the nations of the world, and I believe, with, emphatically, I believe that we live in the greatest nation on the, on, in the world. I believe that Amer America has lost its way. I would agree with that. America has fumbled the ball. I agree with that. But at the end of the day, there is still no other nation on this planet that has done more for the gospel of Jesus Christ than America has. And I believe in this land. And if you think for a moment, I think if you think that I believe that God is through with this land, you don't know enough about God to believe that God can redeem the time. God can make it back up. God can turn things around. But the problem is we've had a generations that have been taught cosmetic Christianity. We've had a generation of Pee Wee Herman preachers and Barney Five pastors. We've had a generation of preachers that have built cotton candy churches that where people just begin to gather to reiterate the dominant thought pattern of the culture. But ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, I believe there's an anointing that's about to flow into the body of Christ. And I believe that these preachers that have been standing up there and just dictating things that are totally off scripture and off base, I believe that the fire of God is about to fall in our nation again and what the enemy meant for harm, God is going to turn it around. God is about to move in and fix some things like we had never seen. I just want to prophesy for a moment. I believe there's about to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I believe marriages are going to be restored on a, on a multiplied level. I believe children and wayward children and, and prodigal sons and daughters are about to find their way back to Father's house on a monumental level. I believe that the, the, that the abortion clinic is about to be shut down in America. I believe that the power of God is rising up because the church is coming alive. The church is about to be awakened to the sins of itself and we're about to have a national old time Pentecostal gut rich and repentance ceremony where the power of God says now that you have turned I'm going to turn and relinquish my anger. I'm going to turn and relinquish my judgment and I'm going to give 
give you an outpouring that this world has never seen. Push on somebody and tell them we got to get in the gap. We got to get in the gap. We got to get in the gap. So, so, so what God does is, in the midst of all that, what God does is he begins to raise up what I believe prophetic and apostolic voices to come and challenge the dominant thought patterns in order to release the people that are being held in bondage in cities into their divine destiny. I believe, I believe you're going to see a wave of this. I believe, now, I believe there's been plenty of false prophets, but I believe there's about to be some genuine prophets that are about to rise up in this nation and real true apostolic anointings that are going to be rising up in this nation, and you're going to see churches come on fire. And serving God is not going to be a hobby. Serving God is not going to be something when you ain't got nothing else to do. And I just want to throw some old-time preaching out there to you. Coming to church ain't going to just be when you feel like coming to church. I'm telling you, there's going to be a massive influx of the church. The body of Christ is about to grow on an exponential level. I know that's old-time preaching when you say, well, you need to come to church. Listen, I mean, I, when I was growing up, I heard preachers say it all the time. I mean, we, we got to put it on us so bad that, that, like, if you miss church, you're going to hell. Y'all remember some of them preachers? Like, I mean, like, 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 in fact, you don't want to be in the theaters and the Lord come back. <laughs> you don't want to be in the theater and the Lord, there you are watching. Oh, Lord, I should have been in church. I mean, we, we had, well, I didn't need a preacher. I had my mom. My mom put that fear in me early on. Like, like, son, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go straight to hell. You're going to bypass go and go straight to hell. Not to jail. You're going to go to hell. So we had all that growing up. But, but I think there was something on it. It might have been misdirected and maybe misled and, and maybe even misappropriated at times. But there was something on the preaching of those days that made people understand that you don't serve God on your calendar. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't serve God when it's convenient. And, and, and uh, uh, Jeff and I were just talking about this in the ready room. I remember the day when we were playing Pop Warner football, we didn't even have football practice on Wednesdays because the culture demanded that Wednesday was deemed for church. Now, I know we're living in a different day, and we lost all that. I remember when we had Sunday night service. How many remember that? Can you imagine coming to church Sunday morning and hear me preach for like three hours and then come back Sunday night and hear some more? I thought so. I didn't think y'all, I, I figured that's about, about where you would be. But, but can you imagine? And, and I know our culture and society doesn't lend to that. And I'm not saying we got to go back to any of that. That ain't what we're trying to say. But what I am trying to say, there's going to come such a hunger and such a passion towards the things of God that, that we're going to have to say, what can we do to get close to God while keeping our feet on this earth at the same time? Because there's going to be an acceleration of the passion for the things of God. I, I'm prophesying. I know we don't see it now because we see a bunch of cotton candy churches that have raised up cotton candy people, people that just go to church when they feel like it, do what they want to do, serve God. Listen, most people pray the best when you're in a crisis. Have you ever wondered why you're in so much crisis? Because that's the only time God hears from you. Yeah, preach on. And so, 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 so we're living in this day, in this period, and everybody is a product of the territory 
that you grew up in. Everybody is a product of the land that you have lived in for any extended amount of time. Watch this now. Every territory, every land has a certain dominant thought patterns that prevail in those territories. There are certain atmospheres that are sustained by certain attitudes that have been entrenched in those areas for many years. Now, now most of us who have lived in Clouston most of our lives, at least for 25 plus years, you know there's an attitude in this city. You know there's a system in this city. Come on, don't make, don't make me qualify every statement. There, there's a system in the city, and if you don't fit into the clique, if you don't fit into the club, if you don't fit into the system, well, you're automatically ostracized. You're already looked at like you got three heads. Because there's an attitude, and that, that, that works in, on every level. That works in, 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 with socially, that works economically, and that even works politically. Amen. And, and, and if you know if it's happening on a ground roots level in small town America, you know it's operating on major levels in bigger places. And so what God has to do is he has to send these dominating voices, prophetic and apostolic voices, into a territory that says we are not going to be satisfied with the status quo. We're not going to live here while Jezebel is in power. We're not going to live here with the Jezebels. I don't know if y'all were here Tuesday night, but we heard something in prayer Tuesday night that the spell of Jezebel is breaking. And, and something was shifting over the atmosphere. And I'm not just saying that about our land. I'm just saying if it's on a local level as, as in small town USA, you know it's got to be operating on a major level in, 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 even in, in larger places. Am I right about it? And, and so what, what, what we got going on, if you, if you just know your Bible a little bit, in, in Genesis, it's, it, Satan started out, you know, as a serpent. You get all the way to the book of Revelation, he's a dragon. Who fed him? He went from a snake to a dragon. Somebody's been feeding that booger. Somebody's been, somebody's been working with that booger. Somebody's been giving some allegiance to that booger. But what God does, he puts a people in a territory that says, uh-uh, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's the king of all kings, and he's the Lord of all lords. And we're not here to compromise, but we are here to make sure that the authority of his Christ begins to get manifested in the earth. So you got these certain atmospheres. I'm going somewhere. Just hang out with me for a minute. You got these certain atmospheres that are sustained by these certain attitudes. And, and, and listen, just because it glitters don't mean it's gold. Just because people can talk a good game don't mean they got the right motives. And so God is doing something. I believe this not just in our nation. I mean, not just in our city, but in our nation. God is raising up churches in territories with a revelation to challenge the existence of the powers that be. Now, I know this is going to maybe come across some of your teaching a little bit, but we're not here to stay out of the fight. In fact, there's enough anointing on the body of Christ. We're here to pick a fight 
with every prevailing spirit. And if you think we're going to stick our head in the sand until something better comes along, you have lost your mind. We are here to pick a fight with every dominating spirit, and we're here to let them know you're not going to rule over this territory as long as God has a voice in the land, as long as God has a church in the land. So I don't believe that God has called us. I'm just trying to get to where I'm going. I don't believe, and y'all, y'all probably have figured this out now, especially this year, God didn't call us to come to church and sing three fast songs and two slow songs. <laughs> we have been singing for an hour, folks. And you say, well, is all that necessary? Listen, when you're living in the land that's been hijacked by evil spirits, it takes us 20 minutes just to get you to worship. That's because you're coming in with all kinds of stuff. And if, I, if we took a poll, if we took a survey, nobody got, well, I can't say nobody. We can't say, we, I bet you most of us didn't get up in prayer mode this morning. And so when you come to the church, when you come into the house of God, you got you to you you get started. <laughs> you got it. It's like some of y'all, it takes me about, about five minutes to 12 before some of y'all wake up. As soon as I say my first closing, oh, man, praise the Lord. And you're just like, like, you just come alive. Like, let's go get something to eat. <laughs> I'm just picking on you. Not really. Okay, so, 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 so we, we, we don't come just to sing our three fast songs and two slow songs and, and, and give you a motivational speech. Huh? It, 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 it bewilders me. That's an old King James word. It bewilders me that, that, that. Our churches are so quiet when we are being hijacked by evil spirits that are now not only just taking over cities and regions and territories, but they're hijacking our babies. They're hijacking our children. I mean, when you live in a nation that's trying to legalize pedophilia... And we're just going to sit there and act like that ain't no big deal. I'm trying to tell you, these spirits are 21st century demons. And they have, they have threw everything out on the table. And they are coming after everything we stand for. And it's only going to take the body of Christ. No other entity, no other power on this planet can overthrow a principality or a power. But the church of Jesus Christ can. I believe, I believe, I've always believed this, and I've always preached this. I don't care what circumstances you find yourself in. I don't care how bad it gets. I believe God always has a word for the struggle. I don't care if everything gets turned upside down. I don't care if we get locked down like communist China. I believe in the midst of that, God would have a word for a nation. This is not the hour. I'm just trying to help us understand today where we're trying to get to. As a local body of believers planted in the territory, this is not the hour to be passive. This is not the hour to be safe. Y'all heard me say it now probably since the pandemic started, but I'm I'm not only bewildered by it, but I'm confused. Our churches can stay closed in the midst of a national crisis when our land needs us the most when our territory needs somebody to stand in the gap the most and I'll tell you why they're closed it's out of fear 
Now, let me just help somebody. We, we, we saw it over the weekend, uh, or what day, oh, Sunday, the, yeah, I, I guess over the weekend, when, when President Trump and his wife contracted coronavirus. Am I right about it? He got it. The president is the most protected man on the planet. Nobody gets in his presence. Nobody gets in the sphere of his dwelling without being checked first. Nobody. Not even his kids. His kids have to be checked. His kids have to be screened to walk up into his presence. If coronavirus can get to the president of the United States, it can get to anybody. And we're going to shut a nation down from a virus that can get anybody anywhere whose, whose recovery rate is 99.97%. Y'all ain't going to say no. I know. I know, I know, I, I, I know, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling, I said, see, because I'm, see, I'm not talking to the world, I'm talking to the church. The church is as fearful as the world. And, and, and we're going to shut a whole, listen, if the president cannot be protected, you can't be protected. Men cannot protect you, but I know a man. <laughs> I know a man that's bigger than the many men I've ever met on this planet. And he has the power to override the authority of a disease. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Boy, I just said that. I said, I know a man. There's a song. song. Remember that song? I know a man. I know a man who can. You remember that song, Susie? You're going to sing it next week. Thank you. I know a man who can. Woo, glory. I know a man who can heal. I know a man who can cast out devils. I know a man who can cause the blinded eyes to open and the deaf ears come unstopped. I know a man who can cause the lame to walk. I know a man who can wipe blindness out of a bond Bartimaeus. I know a man that can get out on the ocean in the middle of a storm and just walk across the waves as if it was like concrete. I'm just trying to tell somebody the church don't need to be scared of what a man has already defeated and overcame. I know a man. This is not the hour to be passive. This is not the hour to stick our head in the sand and just, well, I'm just going to come to church. I'm just going to be Christian when it feels. No, this is the hour for the church to have some backbone. This is the hour, and I'm going to say it like the way I, God deals with me. This is the hour for the church to have some attitude in them. You just had that attitude like, listen, devil, you came up into my territory. You came up into what God promised me. You're dealing with my inheritance. You put your hand on what God loves, and you touch what I love the most, and you think for a moment, I'm going to sit back and let you. You just come in here and run roughshod. You have lost your ever-living mind when I serve a God that has never lost a battle. We have to learn. We have to learn to lean in to our culture of the day and not be contaminated or be conformed to the image that is projecting. Now, just let me, we got people listening do I believe the coronavirus is real and it's deadly? Absolutely. But so is the flu. So is malaria. 
We ain't shutting things down over other deadly things. You got to understand there's a bigger picture that's at play. So we have to learn to lean in to our culture. And I have this conversation with Brother Billy Johnson all the time. He says, we just need to act like the Bible is true. <laughs> I mean, what would you really do if you really believe that the Bible is true? How would you act if you knew God had already done it? Why would you respond if you knew God had already turned it? We have to believe that the Bible is true. Now, help me keep right here. Don't check out on me yet. Got about 15 minutes left. 16. 16. <laughs> Every second is valuable. If we're going to act like the Bible is true, then that means we don't have to worry about who we're going to offend. And really, not even worry about who we're going to scare off. Listen, if Jesus could only convince 120 to get into an upper room, you ain't going to get everybody. He fed the masses, fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, on the hillside. Most scholars believe that was over 15,000 people on that hillside. The Bible says if every account with Jesus was recorded, there wouldn't be enough volumes in the book to hold it. He did so much. And if Jesus could only convince 120 to get to that upper room, don't think for a moment we're going to hold everybody. But when we act like the Bible is true, you start living your life from a different perspective. Because just in my day, and never trying to be harsh or offensive in, in a negative way, but not everybody's going to like what you have to say. And not everybody's going to like it. But when you begin to live with eternity in perspective, has it ever dawned on you that one day you're going to stand before a holy God? And I don't know about you, but boy, I don't care about anything else. I do want him to say to me, well done. Well done. Anything else is just gravy. It's just icing on the cake. But when we have a nation that's being perplexed, and you can put faces on it if you want to, but really that's not the battle. The battle is a spirit that uses people with faces. And for people to attack people is wrong. Attack the spirit. I realize we're living in a day where everybody... Is sensitive. <laughs> In the words of Major Payne, sensitive. <laughs> if y'all ain't never seen that movie, y'all don't know what y'all are missing. <laughs> sensitive. 
here. We're living in a day where there is an oversense of sensitivity. <laughs> How about this? Political correctness. And all of that is driven with an extreme amount of pressure to become the strategy of the enemy to silence the church. Because if the church becomes silent, then the, then the voice of God gets reduced in the land. I want to go back to my opening statement. The reason why our nation is in the struggle that it's in is because the church's voice has been silent from the pulpit because we wanted to cater to the sensitivity of the culture. We wanted to cater to political correctness, mob rule, and now we have a nation that's in chaos. When you saw the presidential debate the other night, you said, boy, they were just, no, they, they are a reflection of us. What, what went on that debate was a reflection of the culture. Y'all ain't going to help me say it. I know you got your favorite somebody that's up there, but I'm just telling you, when you, have, when, you have, when you have the national level people acting like the culture, it's not that they are driven by and make the culture. It's that the culture has driven them to a place of where they're at, and it's all, if you want to trickle it all the way back, it's because the pulpits in America have refused to preach the truth, have refused to hold people accountable spiritually because we wanted the nickels and we wanted the noses now we got a nation in chaos, and the church has been silent. But there is a remnant that's rising. Help me preach somebody. There's a people that's rising in the earth that says, I'm about to get my fight back. I'm about to get my anointing stirred up, and I'm about to walk over into enemy hell territory, and I'm going to start pushing some demons around because I've been anointed to do it. Tell somebody, get in the gap, get in the gap, get in the gap. For God's sake, get in the gap. Our silence, our silence becomes a victory for the enemy. Guys, I don't know where I'm at on the screen, but that's somewhere up there. Our silence becomes a victory for the enemy. And in our text, in our text, I haven't forgot about you. In our text, Ezekiel, I'm coming. In our text, Ezekiel begins to list four different people. He begins to talk about the priest, the princes, the governors, those in authority, the prophets, and the people. He says, the priest have done violence to my word. Whew, God calling the preachers out. The governors, the leaders have destroyed lives for dishonest gain. Hello, America. The prophets were saying things. That God did not say. And the people were practicing injustices over the land. What's new to us in America is not new to God in the Bible. 
This stuff has been going on since mankind could breathe. And God says, Ezekiel, I'm just, I just need somebody. Out of all the peoples that I just gave to you, Ezekiel, the priests who have not kept my law, the people who have done injustice in the land, the governors, the authorities, the politicians, all these people, the prophets, I'm looking for somebody that will get on my side, somebody that will get with me. Oh. He said, I look among everybody to stand in the gap. The message of Ezekiel's day is true for the message of our day. God is looking for somebody that will take their place in our generation. Take their place and get in the gap and establish, hear me now, I choose my words very cautiously when I typed it out. God is looking for somebody that will build a bridge between the mercy of God and the need of humanity. That's what God needs. He needs somebody who can get into the fight without their own agenda. I'm going to break it down because we're in the political season. He needs somebody to get in a fight who's not having a political agenda to drive, but has the mercy of God in their heart with the intention that God will turn a land if the church will turn their hearts. I believe God, I believe this with all my, every ounce of my being, every fiber of my being wakes up and I cry out for it every single day of my life. I believe God wants to send an awakening to America. I believe not only to America, but he wants to awaken the nations of the world. I believe, and I believe this is happening. I, even while we stand today, I believe that nations are catching the spirit of God that is moving across the land. And the silent majority that have been oppressed, the silent majority have been abused and ostracized. The silent majority is hearing something out of heaven. It doesn't sound like the drumbeat of Washington. It doesn't sound like the drumbeat of a secular society. They can hear the sound of God beaming out of heaven and is speaking to the church and I prophesy even in this generation the church is going to rise to a powerhouse to have a major part in the next movement of God when we're not in the gap here's the thing when we're not in the gap there's no expectations you got to believe this ladies and gentlemen I believe it with all my heart I, there's more to life than getting up and going to work. And God gives us power to go to work. God gives us power to get wealth. Am I right about it? But it, 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 I'm just, I'm, me too. I'm not throwing you out. Me too. Most of us get up and we live our day throughout what we got to do today. Rather than with the intention that God's going to use me in my day. Hallelujah. God's called all of us to be a witness for him in every genre of society. So the thing to me becomes interesting because when there's no expectation, we can miss a moment. When there's no expectation, we can miss a moment. And because we can miss the moment, then we, we stay unprepared for the harvest. Let me show you a scripture real quick. Look with me in Luke. 
I got five minutes. Lord of mercy. It just, were you talking about life not being fair to a preacher? Y'all know this ain't fair. Luke chapter 19. It's very familiar, but it's going to draw some parallels here. Verse number, this is when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. The Bible says in verse 41 of Luke 19, when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he began to weep over it. Verse number 43 says, for the days will come upon you, talking about Jerusalem here, when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you, and your enemies are going to surround you and hem you in on every side, and they will level you to the ground. Watch this. Watch this. Level you to the ground. I want you to see the reading of the Bible. You and your children within you. What we don't fix today, the children inside of us that are not even yet born. It's a generational thing. He said, he said they will level you to the ground and your children within you. He's prophesying to a generation that has not even been born yet. But, but when you miss your time, don't think it's just because it's your time. When you miss your time, it's going to affect the generations that are coming after you. Oh, Lord. And, and, and they will not leave, leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Now watch this, verse number 45. Next verse, verse 45. And Jesus entered the temple. And he began to drive out those who were selling, sell, selling doves. One translation says, saying to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you made it a robber's den. You turned it into a den of thieves. This is the interest. I won't close right here because we don't have time to get into these next powerful points that I have. Because <laughs> if I could get to them, you may not even walk out of here apart from an ambulance. I'm telling you, you'd be throwing chairs at devils by the time I got through with these next few points. But it's interesting to me that when Jesus gets through saying this to the people of that city that they missed their time, he goes right into the church. Interesting. As if the church had something to do with the condition of the city. He goes into the church and he starts casting out the money changers. He starts, he starts knocking over tables. And he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have turned it into something that has no plan with God. I'm telling you, that's what's going on in America. We turned our churches into something far away from what God ever orchestrated the church to be. If, if the city, I'm just going to use his analogy, if the city is going to understand its time, then the church needs to understand its place. Because if the city... It's going to be able to see its time that it's living in. There needs to be a church in that territory that's prophesying to the powers that be, that's raising up apostolic leaders and putting them in places 
to take authority over the city so that the city don't become run by a bunch of illegitimate spirits. Because, you know, that's, that's what an evil spirit is. It's an illegitimate spirit because any spirit that does not have a body is illegitimate. It's illegitimate. That's why, that's why every spirit looks for a body to inhabit. Because if it, if it doesn't have a body to inhabit, then it's, it's illegal. It's illegitimate. That's, that's why Jesus had to come through the womb of a woman and have a body so a spirit could live in it. That's why you and I, when we became born again, the spirit came alive on the inside of us. Now that same spirit that Jesus walked in the earth with, that same anointing that Jesus walked in the earth with now rules and reigns in our hearts. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that's going to quicken our mortal bodies. The same power that he had when he walked on this earth is the same power that you got when you walk on this earth. That's why when he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. The, the understanding of that scripture is it's already been bound in heaven. It just needs agreement in the earth. It's already been loosed in heaven. It just needs agreement in the earth. And when you find a people, when you, let me break it down, when you find a church, when you find a church that understands its power, I know I'm pushing hard. I told you I tried to qualify before I ever started. I'm pushing hard because we have a mission, ladies and gentlemen. We have an assignment right here in the Glades region. We're not going to turn our nation over to some evil spirit that wants to manipulate people and control people because I believe the spirit of Christ will rise in his church. Tell somebody, get in the gap. Come on, Pastor Porter. I got to quit. It's 12 o'clock. Look at there. 12 o'clock. Dead on it. Holy Ghost knows the timing, right? Somebody said, no, he misses it all the time with you. <laughs> if the city, I, I, I'm going to quit here because it, it's not going to be, I really do, I, I've got tons more to lay out with Ezekiel, but you have authority over the spirits in the land when you understand the agenda of heaven working in you. I want you to notice, Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, I give the keys of the kingdom. I give you the keys to the kingdom. I'm going to say something that's very controversial right here, but it's scripturally right. He don't give his keys to believers. He gives his keys to believers that are part of the ecclesia. What is the ecclesia? It's the church. The keys of the kingdom go to those that are operating in the ecclesia. I have to qualify that like this. It's not that you don't have authority. It's not that you don't have power. You got power over demons. You get somebody in your house that's got a demon, cast it out. But you as an individual don't have authority over principalities. Those are ruling demons. Those are stronghold demons. Think about it. Of all the preachers that had influence at the White House, none of them can control it. From Billy Graham to whoever you want to name. It's not that they didn't have a little bit of influence over individuals. 
But the reason why the White House has not been able to evict principalities and powers, because it's not about an individual. It's about an ecclesia. And if the ecclesia could pull it together, whoo, can, can you, I, I think Vanessa said it a while ago, something about can you imagine what America would look like? Can, can you imagine what our nation would look like if the church would pull it together? If the, if the church, listen, I, listen, I don't care if you sprinkle, if you get baptized on the water. I, it, it, we're not going to fight over little doctrinal issues that, that mean nothing in the scope of what God's trying to do. I, I don't care if you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking tongues or not. It, it, it's, it's not. It's not even up for me to debate with you. You, you don't have to. You get to. And, you, and, and I'm not even going to argue. I've had people try to pull me into a, a debated argument and get all hostile and just say, well, I don't just believe because this is the way I know. I don't care. Listen, I know what works for me. I know what God's done for me. I, I, I know how, what I, listen, I, I believe what I believe because it works for me. It don't because, because somebody else said it works. I have proven the scripture in my own life, and I watched it work for me. Well, I don't believe healing is for, for today. Well, I don't care. It has worked for me. It has worked for me. But that, that, ain't, what, that ain't what the unit, we don't, we, don't, we don't get unified over that stuff. But we can get unified over Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, died and rose again on the third day. If you could just get the church on that point, whew, we'd overthrow major strongholds. And I, I believe this based on prophetically what I'm hearing accurate prophets say and what I feel the temperature of our land is like I believe that there is a movement that's awakening in the hearts of God's people and the church is about to get in the gap Come on, stand here. Come on, stand here. So the church has to create, can I just say it this way? The church has to create a climate within itself that's counterculture to the world that you have to go in. The church has to work hard at creating a right climate. If not, whatever we don't have authority over in here, we don't have no authority over out there. Let me break it down. If we don't have authority over racism in here, you ain't going to have it out there. If we don't have authority over our money in here, you ain't going to have authority over money out there. You say, what do you mean by something? Listen, God gets every dime out of a dollar. Whether you like it or not, that's God's plan, not yours. If you earn a paycheck, you have a tithe. You say, well, I don't, I, I, I'm just going, no. It, it's, 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 it's a principle. It's a principle. And don't, don't, don't look at me with that tone of voice. <laughs> I've been preaching this ever since I've been preaching. God gets a dime out of every dollar, and he always has, and he always will. That has nothing to do with you or me or anybody else. That's the way God set it up. And God knew your condition before you got there. 
sooner or later, you got to trust him. Let me give you this one. If the church can't get unified in here, don't go out there and talk about unity. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. us. Humanity needs us. The people on your job need you. You got to be the salt. You got to be the light. You got to be the one that has a different information system. had a guy say something to me a while back. He said, you act like you never have a problem. I go, talk to my wife. She'll give you a list. I got problems. But you'll never know it. Because you don't have the ability to help me. It's not that I'm putting on a facade or being fake. It's just sometimes God puts us in situations where we have to learn how to trust Him more than we do substance, people. We are a generation that is the most medicated generation in the history of mankind. And I'm not against medicine at all. Not against it. But my trust is not in medicine. And I didn't get there because I always took it. I had to get there because I had to learn to trust God without it. I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, not trying to do anything here but just to let you know how the church has to be distinct. Karen, I left you a sugar in 1992, I think. 92, 91, somewhere in there. With two girls at the house. Since I left you a sugar, I have not had insurance. I hadn't had it. About eight or nine years ago, we got into this thing called Samaritans. Samaritans, something like it, it's like a sheriff thing. It's like you pay, and then they try to reimburse you. Never had, never had insurance. I guess that if you want to get technically, that's probably some form of insurance. I've never used it. Karen's used it once or twice with a procedure that she had done. And I said, you know what? Let me test this thing out, see if it works. I don't know if it works or not. I've never, I never, I don't know. He said, why are you saying that? I'm just saying God brought me to a place in my life. It's not that I'm against insurance. Get it. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. It don't, it, it's, it's not an argument for me. But I do have a problem when Christians put more faith in things than we do God. Because we have bred into a Christian mentality, a consumer mentality, Versus a contributor. 
Because now we come to church to consume rather than contribute. And what, the, what our world needs, if God's going to heal our world, it needs a church that knows how to pray. It needs a church that knows how to be humble. It needs a church that knows how to repent. It needs a church that understands, had it not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would be into. I don't know if I would even be alive today. But God has been good. God has been good. He's a faithful God. I have to be careful because I don't want nobody walking out and say, well, let's go cancel our insurance. No, don't, don't, don't. You, you obey God, not me. We, we're going to close. i got to turn over to Pastor. We, we got sign-up sheets back there, sign-up sheets for ministries, worship team, children's ministry, ushers, security. I mean, I don't know what all we got back there. Probably seven or eight. I just, what would you say out here? Media. Got me. I mean, there's. I'm, I just preached for 45 minutes about getting in the gap. We need you to walk out of here and get in the gap. What's part of getting in the gap? Serving in your local house. See, I got three claps on that one. We need people to sign up. I just want you to know. I, I, want, I want this house to know because it's not just that we got people watching us. Since the pandemic... We have not shut down one service. And we got a team of people, including my, I have not missed a service but one because I preached in Fort Myers. I've been here since January 1, every Sunday. It, it ain't about, well, that's your job. No, it ain't my job. We're trying to contend for a territory, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Can you imagine if all of us were in partnership, if all of us were in allegiance, if all of us were in alignment with the will of God, and all of us had our hands to the plow and we were not looking back? We'd be pushing this thing down the road a little bit further. And and I know we got people that work at you have sugar, all the sugar companies around here, Oakland, all these guys started started the cane farming season. Dwayne, Jeff, and all these other guys working six and seven days a week at times. I, I, we, we know you can't serve all the time. We know you can't. But don't let that be an excuse not to serve any time. There are people in here that are just as busy as you are, and they got their hands to the plow. just as busy because that's how we get in the gap when you leave your house every Sunday morning your neighbors say well there they go they're going to church they headed to church headed to church <laughs> your neighbors need to know where you're going why are you going to church you just to sit there and be a consumer no I'm a contributor I'm getting in the gap I'm getting in the gap between humanity and the kingdom of God. And I'm part of the conduit that God's going to flow through me. Listen, if, if, it don't matter how you want to serve, like whatever department you pick, just pick something. Our volunteer base needs to go. Listen, let me just say it the way I felt it. You've been on vacation long enough. Don't clap. Don't clap. You don't, no, I'm telling you. 
You've been in the pandemic since March. You've been on vacation long enough. It's time to roll your sleeves up and put some skin in the game. Say, I'm going to be a part of this movement. Because when you get to heaven, guess what? You don't get to take all your cars. You don't get to take all your buggies. I got buggies, I got cars, I got ATVs, I got side-by-side, I got guns, I I got fishing rods. When I get to heaven, I I don't get to take all that. But I I do get to take somebody with me, though. I get to take people. That's the only thing you take to heaven. We're going to get in the gap. We're going to get in the gap. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you today. I thank you today. Lord, your spirit is moving in this house. Woo, I feel you. My goodness. Lord, I know there's people in this place today that are making major decisions in their personal walk with you to serve you, to live for you, to follow after you. God, don't let it just be a lip service. Let it be an activation of our hearts that constitutes to a manifestation of our lives. Lord, I thank you that this house, this house is going to get in the gap. This house is going to fulfill the mission that God has assigned to it. And we're going to pull our load. And we're going to see a nation turn. Will you help me prophesy that? Just say, Lord, we believe our nation's turning. We believe our nation's turning. I'm not talking about the White House. I'm talking about the nation. I believe the nation's turn. I, 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 I'm beyond. I'm beyond. I'm beyond politics. I'm talking about God moving in a nation. God moving in a nation. God's moving in a nation. He's moving among God's people because we're learning how to repent. We're learning how to give Him preeminence, first priority. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you. 